From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Thursday the 17th of November. Good afternoon. Today we're going to be talking about the British Chancellor's big financial statement, as well as discussing three of today's other important stories from around the world and unpacking the upcoming Supreme Court case on Scottish independence. But first, the autumn statement. Earlier today, the British Chancellor Jeremy Hunt stood up in the House of Commons to deliver the so-called Autumn Statement, with the goal of providing financial and economic stability after the chaotic yet brief Truss administration. Now, just yesterday, we reported in the Daily Briefing that inflation in the UK had hit 11.1%, its highest level for more than 40 years, highlighting the difficult economic picture in the UK. And according to the latest projections from the Bank of England, the UK is facing the longest recession since records began. So that's a difficult backdrop for Hunt. So what is he going to do about it? Firstly, the big picture is that Hunt announced some £55 billion in tax rises and spending cuts with him stressing that his priorities in these decisions were stability, growth, public services, and protecting the vulnerable. He also announced two major fiscal rules, that debt was to fall as a share of GDP in the next five years, and that public sector borrowing should be below 3% in the next five years. To do this, Hunt said his decision-making was guided by two further principles, that those with more should contribute more, and that we ought to avoid tax rises that will damage growth. So within that framework, what did he actually announce? Firstly, the 45p rate of tax will now apply to those earning more than £125,140, down from £150,000, meaning that more people will be paying this higher rate of tax and that those earning more than £150,000 a year will pay just over £1,200 more each and every year. Next, the tax-free allowance thresholds for income tax, national insurance and inheritance tax are to be frozen for a further two years until April 2028, meaning that essentially everyone will pay more taxes over time, as inflation means that you're earning more, but the threshold remains low. Electric cars will also no longer be exempt from vehicle excise duty, and stamp duty cuts are now time-limited and coming to an end on the 31st of March 2025. At the same time, the budget for schools is set to increase by £2.3 billion next year, and then by a further 2.3 the year after. When it comes to energy, the Chancellor announced that windfall taxes and the energy profits levy are to be increased from 25% to 35%, meaning more money coming in from energy companies' profits. The government is also set to go ahead with the Sizewell C nuclear power plant, another big energy project. When it comes to individuals' energy bills, though, the energy price guarantee is set to be extended from April for a further 12 months, but at a higher level of £3,000, up from £2,500, meaning the energy bills may well rise again for millions of people. For the most vulnerable, though, additional cost-of-living payments will be made, 
£900 to those on means-tested benefits, £300 to pensioner households, and a further £150 to individuals living on disability benefits. And when it comes to benefits as a whole, they're going to be uprated by inflation at 10.1%, costing £11 billion. And crucially for Tory backbenchers, the pensions triple lock, stipulating that pensions will increase year on year by inflation, earnings, or 2.5%, whichever is highest, will be kept in place, meaning that the state pension will increase in line with inflation, the biggest ever increase in state pension. A cost which obviously has to be covered by working people. So it's good news for some that the national minimum wage for over 23s is going to increase in April 2023 to £10.42 an hour, up from £9.50. So that's what the Chancellor had to say. But he wasn't the only one who had something to say about the economy. Because the Office for Budget Responsibility published its assessment alongside the statement. And things are pretty bleak, with the UK now judged to be in a recession. According to the OBR's forecast, living standards are now set to fall by 7% in 2023-24, wiping out the last eight years in growth. So, while certain people may welcome some of the Chancellor's new announcements, it's clear we're all in for a pretty tough time in the months and years ahead. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, at least here in the UK, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories you ought to know about. More than a week since the final ballots were cast in the US midterm elections, control of Congress has now been confirmed. And the stage has been set for two years of divided government, with the Democrats retaining control of the Senate and the Republicans winning control of the House of Representatives. Democratic control of the Senate was confirmed a few days ago, but Republicans finally secured the 218 House seats they needed from a majority yesterday when California's 27th district was called for the Republican incumbent, Mike Garcia. With a number of close races yet to be called, the Republicans are projected to win between 218 and 223 seats in the 435-seat lower chamber. That's a narrow majority, especially considering the Republicans had gone into the election expecting a red wave. But does it give Republicans the power they need to rein in Biden's agenda and launch potentially damaging probes into his administration and family? Well, House leader Kevin McCarthy said Americans are ready for a new direction and House Republicans are ready to deliver. But his job of keeping the sometimes factitious Republican caucus in line with such a small majority may prove more difficult than he hopes. Now, there's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make The Daily Briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us in your podcast app of choice to listen along. Yesterday saw a rare public display of annoyance from China's President Xi Jinping as he was captured on camera confronting Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in person over alleged leaks to the media of their closed-door meeting at the G20 summit. Speaking through a translator, Xi can be heard telling Trudeau that everything we discussed has been leaked to the papers. That is not appropriate. Before adding, that is not the way that the conversation was conducted. 
Trudeau responded to Xi by saying, In Canada, we believe in free and open and frank dialogue, adding that we will continue to work constructively together, but there will be things that we disagree on. The frank conversation did end with a handshake before the two went their separate ways. This controversy all emerges from a meeting they had on Tuesday, where, according to media reports quoting a government source, Trudeau raised serious concerns about Chinese interference activities in Canada and talked about North Korea and the war in Ukraine. Next up, Malta is set to loosen its total ban on abortion, according to recent updates from the country's health minister. The small island nation has the strictest abortion laws anywhere in the European Union and is the only member state to have a complete ban on the procedure, even in cases of incest, rape and when the woman's health is at risk. Under current Maltese law, both the woman and doctor involved can face criminal charges of up to three years in prison if an abortion takes place. Now, Malta's incredibly strict abortion laws came under international scrutiny when an American tourist suffering a life-threatening incomplete miscarriage had to be airlifted to Spain for an abortion because doctors in Malta were unable to carry out the procedure. The health minister said that the new amendments to the law will be presented to the parliament next week to clear the way for abortions to be carried out legally if a woman's life or health is at serious risk. He went on to say that the choice isn't whether the mother or baby survive. The choice here is whether the mother and baby both die or whether the mother's life is saved. Finally, we'll end the main section of the briefing with some positive news from Germany. That's because the country's government are set to offer young Germans a 200 euro voucher called a culture pass, which can be spent on cultural offerings like theater, music, concerts, books, and more. The pass aims to encourage those who have just turned 18 in 2023 to get out and break their stay-at-home pandemic habits, as well as providing a financial boost to the art sector. Similar schemes already exist in France, Italy, and Spain, and are now being excitedly welcomed by young Germans. That's all we have time for on YouTube, but if you want to see us answer today's big question, is Scotland about to receive another independence referendum, then watch the extended, ad-free edition of the Daily Briefing over on Nebula. That's because Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've just watched entirely ad-free, but they also get an extended version of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on their podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive briefing every day, then you'll want to sign up. And there's some good news, because our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the world's best documentaries, is offering you a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream, and then more TLDR over on Nebula including the extended version of the briefing, other fully exclusive TLDR videos, and as always, it's ad-free. You can click the link in the description to get both services for less than $15 a year. And of course, you'll also be supporting the channel.